0: good morning good morning good morning welcome to church information in open form Uh, i'm sitting in for reverend barnett this morning he's taking holidays off with family and we want him to get some rest and enjoy his family because it's a lot going on and we have a lot to talk about this morning and uh I have some special guests, uh, with me this morning, and we're gonna end the year like we started it out, bringing you quality, good, empowering information that can take you to another level, uh, let you know what's going on in your city, what's going on in the school, uh, What's going on around you? What's going on with COVID? What you need to know? We got a lot going on this morning. I hope everyone, uh, had a very Merry Christmas. It was so much going on that, you know, we had to not visit families. You weren't able to embrace your children, your grandchildren, your loved ones. It was recommended that, you know, social distance. And we still recommending that because better days are ahead, but as, uh, President-elect Joe Biden said, we got some rough times ahead of us. Also, oh, so I want you to be prepared and be ready to be here this time next year. Uh, you can join Reverend Barnett on New Year's Eve at 11.30 on his uh, Facebook page. Uh, he's gonna have a New Year's Eve watch party. That's uh, uh Miriam Barnett Sr. Uh, on Facebook. You can join him there. And you can have you can join him in the service tomorrow at nine thirty, uh, Heavenly Joy Church with uh, Reverend Barnett Senior. He's the senior pastor. And I have some distinguished guests with me this morning. Uh, I have City Councilwoman uh, Carolyn King on, and I also have School Board Trustee Miss Joyce Foreman. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning, sir. So, uh, and you can call. Talk to, you, uh, to them about what's going on in the city. If you have any uh, information that you need, uh, you need to know the resources and how to get to these resources. Uh, what's going on in the schools? You know? What's going on with COVID testing? What's going on with the bond money? What's going on with the police department? What's going on down in City Hall? We have a lot going on that you need to know about that's going to help you. And uh said we got a lot to talk about this morning. We're thanking you for joining us and I'm asking y'all to call in early. You can join this conversation at nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Uh I wanna take this moment to give a special thanks to all our uh our first responders and our healthcare workers and our poster employees and you know we have to really, really keep these people encouraged, and just thank God for them because what they're doing out there, they're giving a service to us. And I also want to take time to recognize the small businesses, especially the black small businesses, because you know we hear about small businesses, small business loans, and how the banks really cut the small, the small people out of these loans, and they, they some of them didn't get any of this. Uh, Carol's Axe money and, uh, they're struggling. So I want to just thank them for all they do. doing. You know, just your barbershops, your barbecue houses, your restaurants, your, you know, everybody out there that's trying to make a living and make an honest living. Now, I'd like to give a shout out to, uh, RNS Recycling down in Corsica County, Texas, uh, where you have a, a family owned business down there, or Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson Jr., you know, black-owned and operated uh, business down there. And so we, we have to really keep our people in character. Uh, I be listening to the radio and people call in and criticize black businesses, but we need black business. We have to be entrepreneurs. We have to be leaders in our community. And you can join this conversation, 972 647 1893 And we're going to be Talking about the police chief this morning, the new chief, the new incoming chief, Chief Hall. Did did Chief Hall really get a fair chance here in Dallas? Why were so many people against her? Why were some of the most vocal black men in this city really against the police chief? I find that amazing, you know, that our mayor and one of our most prestigious preachers and one of our, uh, uh, Oh, strong activists I'll come up against the police chief and, and now she's gone so we're going to see what you're going to do now so you can join us 972-647-1893 I think I already got a call up
1: you do, this is Tony
0: Tony, good morning Tony and I have the uh, distinguished guest here you can ask them questions and you can speak what's on your mind but good morning and I think you're Hope you had a very merry Christmas.
2: Well, good morning, good morning to everyone. And uh, I just want to bring some points real quick. Sometimes you have to appreciate when you have a gift in the community. Because when it's gone, it's gone.
3: And that's my first point. There's a radio station that they are going to lose down
2: the aisle. 8 a.m. And it was associated of the community. But KNON has divided it all. Of them. And hopefully we appreciate carry in even more, and my second point is, I guess the police chief. Not surprising, I he he's gonna be Spanish. If I go to Vegas, I'd be rich right now. I just, it, it, it part of it is because because y'all is trying to fight back the forty or fifty years of white supremacy that you know the last thing was get a black black so that you can be Spanish. We'll see if he works. That you know, it depends on who uh, you gonna. The Dallas Association, uh, the Dallas Food Association, they like them or not. Anyway, my third point is, um, the education fees. And, and, you know, um and George can talk about this, um, It was a nice, uh, article about, stock getting, um, um some kind of program from, I think, a killer, a it's gonna be there, and, uh, and it's good that, you know, they are, at least these corporations, at least adopt Claudia Kimball and have and, and have their expertise at, at, at schools south of Dallas so I really enjoy that Now and I listen to the to response off the air thank
0: you now hold on Tony don't hang up I'm a, I'm holding you hostage this morning did you hang up well you called back in here Tony I'm not going to let you <laughs> off like that because I got a question for you uh, uh, one thing you was talking about uh, another radio station and uh, if you notice we don't fight back and forward with other radio stations. We don't compete. So anything that is a plus to the community, we wanna encourage. Because, you know, we don't need nobody trying to wipe us out. So we struggling, we've been through a tornado, we've been through COVID, uh people lost their jobs. uh, uh you know, the pledges are down and we're still hanging in here. And uh I'm gonna let Miss Foreman address the educational piece.
1: So good morning, Tony, and good morning to to everyone. Uh, It's really a pleasure to be here this morning, and um, again, wishing everyone um, happy holiday uh, seasons. Uh, I think Tony's question was about corporations adopting schools, which would uh, possibly be south of the Trinity. But at, at on the other side, um, we do have, you know, Lincoln and Madison uh, in South Dallas. Uh, I am a, a proponent of corporations making sure that they give back to the community by working with our young people. But what I'm also aware of is that we've got certain, certain corporations that are a part of this whole reform movement right. uh, that will, in fact, come in and infiltrate uh, our schools and um, really not about education. I've been finding out things, Tony, that um, that astonished me when we talked about the uh, educating our kids and making sure that they all uh, got a college degree and our associates program where uh, there's this group called Commit that's doing a program called Dallas County Promise. Well, I actually thought all of these kids, when they got their associate's degree, could in fact go to another college and transfer those credits. Well, finding out that in some of our schools, uh, the the degree that they get, 42 of the credits do not transfer. Uh, And that was devastating to some young people who have talked to me. So when I had a conversation with this reformer, they basically said, it's a workforce degree. But you never explained that to the young people and the parents that were moving forward to get that degree and felt like they could could go on. So yes, we need corporations uh, in our communities working with our young people, but we also need to know what the mode of operation is and what they are are there to do and understand better what's going on with, with the whole situation.
0: So we need them to come in and partner With and us. not come in and, take and over. try to be the leaders of our community and be the direct how we should, you know, go. I mean, while I'm speaking of being, talking about directing and other things. I, I, I was looking on Facebook, and I see so many times that uh issues that goes on in our communities, uh certain ethnicities think that they have the right or uh, the authority to tell us how we ought to behave and conduct our business and I just want to put out a notice that uh I've been black for sixty six years and I didn't I come with a mommy and a daddy. I didn't come with a manual that was written by somebody who don't even have any idea what's going on in my family, my community, or with my people. So I take offense when people try to tell me how to be black. So we have another caller. We do. This is Beverly. Good morning, Beverly.
2: How you doing this morning? I'm
0: doing great, and thank you for getting up and being with us.
2: All right, now. Let me let me what I have to say. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy, happy, happy holidays. But so let me say this. I came from the end of segregation and into the beginning of integration. When I came into integration, we had industrial corporate training. I had general business in junior high. We had workshops. We had all of that stuff. We was making them look too small, so they are study trying to this is where i think it. this is they study trying to make us diminish ourselves, but when we had that corporation out here i had it, it was they had us ready for the corporation
0: are you there yes ma'am
2: i'm listening I'm letting you okay now i'm, I'm I just put it out there I think that's what it is what well, you know. They didn't teach us right. I learned that they was teaching us wrong when I left segregation to go
0: into integration. I'm that generation. Well, when I was uh, coming up in school, uh, I was in a work program where I went to school half a day, and uh, I worked half a day. So I I was already in the workforce. I didn't need to take a class to tell me how to get into the workforce. The teachers would help you find a job, and uh they would. I mean you were motivated to work on by the time I graduated. I know how to uh, hold a job, and I ain't gonna say I was a good manager, but I learned how to mismanage my own money instead of right. my mother's and father's money. I might have mismanaged it, but I, I earned it, so I understand what you're saying you know, and you know
2: what most of those people that graduated with me I, my first job was Sears corporation. You're right, they had to give us a job. That made us have uh, our grades for the whole class. I went to school to have a day, then I went to Mountain View to get human developmental studies, and then I went to work at, at Sears. Mm-hmm. Sears didn't even want to give me a job. My teacher had to go and tell them that's not what this uh, is, business is designed for. They had to give me a job.
0: Well, you had a uh, a good education and a good start because when I started, I mean, I had to catch the bus to school, catch the bus to work, and I was a bus boy and a dishwasher, making a dollar twenty an hour. So, I mean, and we appreciated uh, back then a dollar twenty hour was good for uh, uh, you know for uh, a sophomore in school. So yes, right. we appreciated that. You know, mama didn't have and to I'm give me mean, no lunch I'm money. Mean,
3: you know what? It's
2: it, it's really sad because. I, I look at how they've taken, uh, handwriting out, uh, cursing, come on, people, those people back, my mother them had beautiful handwriting, let it start me, I write beautiful when I want to, Right. but these children are missing it all the way around, it all went to, to technology, and they're going to miss the basic
0: part a lot. Right, cursing writing, a lot of these kids can't even read cursing writing, matter of fact. Uh, we had cursing when we was in school. They got cussing while they in school, so it's a big difference. Come on
2: come on, people.
0: I mean, we had typing. We had a lot of things going on in school, and uh, and like I said, school, and like you said, we had wood shop, metal shop, uh, power mechanics. All that we had in school. The
2: school went on their own businesses right today.
0: So, all right, so, I mean, you're on top of it, and uh, go ahead, Joyce.
2: I'm going to get up and listen so, to So, Beverly,
1: don't go away, because um, okay, okay. I, I want to agree with you on a lot. Uh, one of the you. things that um, I've had some uh, conversations about and uh, have been uh, distressed about and tried to move some things in a different direction is, is that, um, when we came out of school, um, there were jobs that we could go to. Yes. What we've done in this country is create service industry jobs. Yes. So you got a McDonald's on every corner, you got a Burger King on every corner. And our and kids... A, hold, that, hold that thought right there.
2: And I have a problem with them asking for uh, the minimum wages to go up. I feel like you need to be educated to make those uh, that type of money. I'm sorry, y'all.
3: Because... It, it,
1: it's a crutch. It's so, a crutch. so one of the things is is that, and, and I think we're gonna have to go to a break. But one of the things that uh, that we are trying to do is create new career uh, technical centers where that we can have young people who leave there and be able to go into their own business as Thank a carpenter you. or as yeah. as a mechanic or yeah, a, a plumber, electrician. So we're we're trying to move in a different direction, and I I think it's time that we do that. I no it is
0: time. Um, Miss Forman, what's the name of the new school uh, over there, uh, off of Ann Arbor and the freeway? With-
1: that's that's going to be the Charmaine uh, and and Robert Price Career Development Center that was just recently named. And uh, the young people will start uh, going to that center in um, the ninth grade.
0: All right. and it's uh, a okay. it is a, tra- it's a
1: it's a training technical type school, which they incorporate that into their whole
0: educational right. process. And you get it in high school, and you don't have to go to college to give it. You, right. you, you do not. And there'll
1: be an entrepreneurial uh, a class also taught to be able to help the young people yeah. become. Uh, business people if
0: they can. All right. Well, thank you for your call, baby. We're up against a short break, and you can join this conversation 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Good morning. We're back. Church information in open form. You can join this conversation at 972 647 1893. We're talking about education. We're talking about the city. We're talking about jobs. We're talking about a lot. And you can join this conversation. 972 647 1893. I want to ask Ms. Foreman a question. They was talking about training and these new training centers, the DISD is implement. uh, uh, I think there's a a law enforcement course over at Carter High School, if I'm not mistaken. Can you kind of brief us on that?
1: Sure. Uh, Carter has what they call a P-TECH college, uh, early college program. And one of the pathways for that is uh, police, fire, and EMT. And so uh, the young people can start in the ninth grade and being a part of the PTEC program and become, take that pathway and begin to move in toward working to be an officer or a police officer, a fire person, or an EMT. Now we know that when they graduate from high school, they can't go right into that profession but what we're hoping to do is to be able to have the police department to hire them as civilians to be able to wait until they can move into the program but they can actually begin to start on that pathway um, in high school uh, do they which is really all,
0: good so they also tra- uh, train or uh, teach them uh, since there's in an emergency somebody's choking or uh-huh. uh, having a heart attack they would they, the kids they already know how to kind of they're, give some assistance.
1: Right, that's that's on the EMT side, right. and, and that's, I think that's really that's good, and we, right. we specifically chose that pathway for Carter um, because of the student population at Carter and trying to get more uh, uh, people of color into the police force, but uh, also people who live within the city of Dallas uh, uh, to get involved in being in the police force, and I I know Ms. Arnold probably knows better than I do, but one of the things that has troubled me, I am i grew up here in Dallas, but what has troubled me a lot is is that most of the people that are on the police force don't live in the city of Dallas, so they're coming in right. uh, to police us. And, and this was an opportunity for us to try to get some young people ready uh, that live in the city right. of
0: Dallas. And I think most of them weren't even, uh, you know, they didn't even attend school in Dallas. It's just migrated here. Mr. Arnold
4: would you like to help us out? I have have to make a a comment because growing your own is is a concept I really value and and with my past of course continuous education background it's great to focus on growing your own. Uh, I'm proud of the fact uh and I would like to take credit for it to at least say I knew these people but it's it's good to be able to brag on uh, chief Artist, for example, who, chief of our fire department, who attended Roosevelt High School, fire. He grew up in the neighborhood. Also, with Marion Brown, our sheriff, who also is a, a Roosevelt graduate. So, I think we've had a number more probably graduates tr- from the fire department. I mean, David, they came through. David Brown. David Brown. So, those were some advantages, I think, because they know the neighborhood, they know the values. of of the community and so I think this is just a great investment if you will in our uh, families in our community and I definitely want to applaud uh, our trustee Joyce Foreman not because she's just here with me but it, it shows the commitment of a trustee when they get in and get boots to the ground to begin to input to help shape what we know to be true the needs of our community are best served by those individuals who know the community, and those students will value, and the families as well, long term, of the investment that we placed in the lives of, of, of those students. And let me just say this, too. When I look at what Jerry Jones and the Cowboys have done in, uh, what is it? Frisco. It's a Frisco. They put money, they're putting money back into that community. They're growing their own athletes, whether we want to admit it or not but they're growing the economy, and they're also growing their own talent.
0: Right. Now, I man, I, uh, you was talking about boots on the ground, and I I commend Joyce Foreman, uh, Trustee Joyce Foreman also, because she not only put combat boots on the ground, uh, <laughs> to to get a new Carter, uh, get Carter renovated, it's beautiful. She also put construction boots on the ground. Right. And if you go over there to Carter High School, and you really get to walk around, I know we're doing COVID right now, but I graduated from college and When I walked in that school and see the the gymnasium and just everything, the mm-hmm. parking lot, the classroom, the band room. The band room used to look like a robe closet. Now it looked like a, a auditorium. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is so beautiful over there. And she fought to get that. And I, I give her credit. We didn't the kids didn't have to march out. Or didn't have to do a lot of TV interviews or nothing like that. I mean, she just went in there and demanded and got it done. And, and there we are. And she did the same thing with Kimball. So right, right, and, uh, right. when you got somebody who was come up out of your community, we got a lot of people here that's doing a lot of good things, but a lot of people are here just for the job and the money. They from California, Chicago, New York, and, and some of them are doing good jobs. And some of them are raking havoc because they don't know the community and they don't live in the community. But when you got community activists and they are promoted, uh, elected to office and positions, we get more done. So y'all can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. So, Mr. Arnold, what do you think about the new... Police chief.
4: Well, I'm going to move on to the police chief, but let me throw this in, too, with these outsiders. <laughs> because, you know, I remember when early on when I arrived in Dallas some, over 40 years ago. But, you know, it took me time, and I had to pay my dues. Right. And I remember when Al Lipscomb said, you can always tell when somebody from out of town, they come in raising cane. And so, but sometimes it's a good thing because sometimes our community grows complacent, and sometimes it's necessary to go in and, and try to at least bring attention to a cause but it it, took, it takes time so as as and we're not saying that an outsider can't do a job sometimes god puts us in order right. our step to go to certain places but i can tell you that it is a challenge because you have the homegrown and the folks in the hoods who believe that they are entitled well, to, to those positions without paying their
0: dues i agree with that uh because it's one job I didn't want an uh, a insider to have, and that was that new police chief job. <laughs> and my reasons were because I felt like if we would have got an insider that's already a police here, that uh, Mike Motter would have too much uh, influence. So sometimes it is good to have outsiders, and sometimes it's not. So I agree right. with you. But so,
4: but the the thing the, the issue of the Dallas police chief, I, and I've heard both sides and. In, in, during this time, I think I heard more from from those who wanted an insider because of the level of where we are right now with 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 crime and the and the data. So the arguments can go both ways. I mean, the verdict is still out. Uh, we will have a new police chief uh, behind the table by February twenty twenty one. But in the meantime, we do have an interim, Mr. Lonzo Anderson, who has to carry on where Chief Hall left off, and that's addressing the issue of these violent crimes and and also other other uh, criminal mischief. It's just that the headlines continue to push out the homicide and it's also the headlines that were pretty much tried to convict Chief Hall without even giving her an opportunity to get her boots on the ground to do all that she wanted to do. Well, so I, do, I wanted to make sure I put right. that out there.
0: Do this new chief have to go to uh get his uh, uh, get license in Texas to be a you know, a, a peace officer like Chief Hall did?
4: You have to operate legally now. You you just don't right. run up here like Gunsm- Marsha Dillon.
0: Right. Mar- Gunsmoke. He, one thing about Chief Hall, I, I, I didn't like the fact that she was already under the gun when she got here. She was up against a pension, which she had nothing to do with, or no control over. Uh, she was undemanded. She was uh, underfunded. And, uh, and when she got here, she didn't know she wasn't in control. Uh, the police department was being run from within the unit, uh, within the union. So, well,
4: let me back up Let me just back that up a little bit. You know, say back up, back up.
0: Pump the brakes.
4: <laughs> Pump brakes a little bit. Chief Hall coming in, and I, she came in uh, because she was one of the. She was the top finalist, of course, from that nationwide search, and hired by uh, TC Brodnax to fill those boots. But I think what we what we saw was. In some respects, and and this chief is probably going to face the same thing. When you come in and you select your team, somebody's not going to be happy. You're not going to be able to make everybody happy. But you have to put in a team that will work with you and will have your back and that they're able to address issues, whether they agree with you or not. But you must have that team. And some are intimidated by the fact when they are not a part of the, quote, A team and i think that was part of the changes you know ch- changes she went through because if you remember she made changes to the vice squad and she made other changes so folks were upset and rightfully you know that's how the system works everybody wants to be number 1 and the number 1 stunner i
0: right? well, no, i don't want to get into a back and forth <laughs> with this but do the system work i'm asking both of y'all this do the system work the same way for men as it do for women
4: well, Trustee former what would uh, uh, you no. say on that we That's what I know. want to it, get
1: It's an absolute <laughs> no. And we, we know that. We we I mean, uh, it, it's a academic conversation. Uh, women who get empowered and positioned are not only fighting other people, they're also fighting their own men right. uh, to be able to do the work that needs to be done. And so often we come to the table Different, because we are inherently different as men and women, and we come in trying to trying to impart upon the table, if you will, what our wisdom is. And a lot of times, just because you are a woman, uh, you're dismissed, uh, and your thoughts are dismissed, and you're not, and sometimes welcome at the table now. There are also the instances where there are men who reach out to you because you are bringing something right. to the right. table. But we're under a, a scrutiny different than just
0: a, because you're a woman. Just because, because. you're a woman,
1: yeah. and then add on a black woman. Right.
0: Right. Because Miss Arnold, you right. you go through a lockdown. Down. I mean, you're the uh, you're the only black woman on the city council. And Miss Foreman, you the only black woman right. on on the board of trustees. That's why I want to put you there. My lines are getting uh a uh, blinking, so I'm gonna go to some calls. But uh, y'all call on in. Don't wait till 8:50 uh, and call in because we cutting it off at 8:50. So who do we have, Jason?
1: We have a call from a long-time long time Good morning, long-time
0: listener. Good morning, long time listener. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning?
2: This is, this is yes. Good
1: morning. This is um for Miss Carolyn King Arnold. I want to thank her number one for mentioning that she um said who the interim police chief is because that's my first time hearing it. I haven't seen that on the news. Well, you know... Oh, I'm sorry. Go
2: on. Thank you. Go ahead, ahead, ma'am.
4: No, I was going to say thank you, and he's been there, but, you know, it's just a part of that whole notion of, of, you know, knowing... Who the media is and what their focus is. It's amazing, as you said, that they've not highlighted him, and he's going to be in office, so to speak, until uh, the new chief comes in. So that is very interesting. Now, I
2: haven't seen that anywhere on any news broadcast. Mm-hmm. And you're the first person I heard. I'm coming in kind of late, so I thought perhaps I got it a little late. The other thing is, I'd like, I'm going to hang up after this a question, because I'd like for you to uh, say again that you were talking about people in the hood that haven't paid their dues and i'm going to hang up now and thank you and happy new year to you same
4: you, to too. you. thank yeah. you and happy kwanzaa when we talk about paying dues uh it's it's about putting boots to the ground i mean you know it's just when we look at it from where i am uh, from the, the council seat right now when we look at people who take time to Create or form neighborhood associations, or to be a part of the neighborhood association, to to partner up with other neighbors to make sure that they're working uh, for the good of the neighborhood. Let's working together to call nine one one. Working together to pick up trash. Working together to make sure their voices are heard by attending meetings, whether they're school board meetings, city council meetings, actively engaged in nonprofits, being a part of the system. Because you are naturally committed to doing that, and not taking this opportunity just to pop up to be seen to say, "Okay, I'm I'm for example, I'm running for office." What have you done for the community lately? And that's all we're saying. And so, as I moved and matriculated through the system, you know, I I was I've been committed where I where I came from. But the point is, folks who were in the position politically here in Dallas, especially supported me more so after I proved my work proved my right. matter of fact they paid the dues experience experience, that you experience, paid experience dues. Paid, right I paid the dues and that's what I mean by paying the dues putting in the work the manpower coming down for example and I'll keep going back to, to Miss Joyce Foreman I, I mean it was amazing to see how many people have comments critical comments to make but when it comes to these schools Ask her how many people actually show up to the board meetings. Actually, asked her how many people show up for PTA meetings. Asked her who's going to Austin to fight to make sure that our curriculum is included in the books and the textbooks that we have. It's amazing when you look at how many people are actually paying dues and putting in the sweat equity that it takes to push our agenda forward as a, as a people and as a community.
0: All right, so. And thank y'all for paying y'all dues and getting me the single Mountain. <laughs> who, who do we have next, Jason? We have a call from Dr. Morgan. Good morning, Dr. Morgan.
2: Good morning. How are morning. you this
0: morning?
1: I am well, is it still? Oh, Great. Good. Great. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been
0: a while. Oh, good morning. What's on your mind?
1: Well, I, um... Hold on, let me turn the radio off. I'm listening to what you guys are saying about putting in the work in South Dallas, and, uh... I, I'm, you know, I'm right there with you
2: on that. Um, as you guys know, I'm, I'm developing a hospital over there, and it's a... It is a, uh... Man, it's, it's a big job. It just saying, oh, we're opening the hospital. Um, but I... I I am glad that there are people that are still conscious and committed and and have an understanding of what it takes to turn a whole community around. Um, It takes, you know, a grassroots from the inside out commitment. And I want to let you guys know that I'm still in. I'm still at the uh, the batting uh, pad and still working on that deal. It It is a big endeavor. Um. And as
1: far as it's the uh, police, she was concerned. You know, it kind of tickled me. Basically, she says, okay, I'm out. I'm like, she probably
2: had no idea what she was walking into. And I applaud her for her trying to do that. Um, but I wanted uh, someone to um, kind of review with myself and the listeners, um... What
0: is it going to take to get the right person in there? Well, I don't know because we don't know we might have the right person. I mean, I mean, let's give a man a chance. We don't know if we got the right person or not. So we just uh, got to keep on trying until we do get the right person. And then when we do get the right person, he's not going to be the right fit for everyone.
2: Right. You know, That's true. And then, I don't think
0: it has to do with what color he is, but, uh, uh, what gender? It can be a woman or a man. It's the job, the quality of, you know, and yeah. I I think T. Yeah. Hall was a good fit, but uh, evidently I I don't think she really had a fair chance, you know. I think the resources and it's so much uh scrutinized, and I think that you know, and oh, the loyalty that they already had within that department for the union leader. Uh, I mean, I think she. Walking to ambush myself, but it's just my (laughs) thoughts, you know. Well,
1: you know, you have to applaud her because she came here. She, it it was, she was all
2: excited about, you know, being um, a center for change um, and and marching for that, spearheading that. And I was like, wow, she is brave. That she comes from out of another state, another city. She's like. We're going to do something different, not really
0: knowing what I'm going to do. All right. Well, Uh I'm up against a short break, Dr. Morgan, but uh, thank you for your call and comment. So uh, you can join us, 972-647-1893. We'll be right back.
3: And you change the world to life. So,
0: yeah. All right, we're back on church information in open form. I'm Ike sitting in for Reverend Barnett this morning. I got uh Miss Foreman and Miss Arnold as my host. And uh uh you can join Reverend Barnett on New Year's Eve on Miriam Barnett Facebook. He will be doing his uh watch uh service, watch party service. And you can join him tomorrow at 9.30. Uh on the same uh, Facebook page, and maybe Senior that thing, your on Facebook, Heavenly Joy Church. And you can join this conversation, 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Jason? Let's go to JT. Good morning, JT. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Doing great. Hope you had a good yeah. Christmas. Well,
3: yes, uh, and I hope y'all did too, and thank you for taking my call.
2: I have a couple of, uh, uh things that I was thinking about the
3: police chief
2: and the schools. Now we have a second, uh, police chief coming from outside, and, uh, I'm with, uh, City Councilwoman Arnold. I like to pick somebody from, from within, somebody that has been here, I was born and raised in West Dallas other than, other than the times that I was in the military, I've been here all my life. And, uh, you can't bring somebody from the outside that doesn't know the city. I think you need to pick somebody that knows the city so that they know what's going on, not just in West Dallas and not just in Trade and Grove and not just in North Dallas, but the whole city. And I think that, uh, we need to, uh, start thinking about that from now on. And, uh, and this, this new police chief is a Puerto Rican. Now, I don't know what's the population of, 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 of uh, Puerto Ricans in Dallas, but I guarantee you one thing. They're not nowhere near what, what, what we are. We've been here all this time.
0: When you so say uh, we, who are you speaking of? Pardon? When you say we, who are you speaking of?
2: Well, they call us minorities, blacks and Mexicans, but we're... Uh, I I can't see how we're minorities. I like it's, it's, uh, uh, when you got numbers in the, in the 30 percentile, 40 percentile. I I don't, I don't see that as minority. Uh, so if we outnumbered, uh, a lot of folks and, uh, I just think that we should pick somebody from the inside that knows the city so that we can, they can do a better job. And, uh, as far as the schools, uh, I'm, I was listening to the early caller Miss Beverly, and she was right, and you are too. Uh, I was in the work program also. I made a little bit more money than, than you did. I think I made a dollar ninety when I started working.
0: Well, I'm probably I'm probably around about fifty years older than you too.
2: <laughs> no, 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 you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're only about four years older now. Uh, but uh, and that was a lot of money. But the schools, like you said earlier, in high school, the teachers taught us how to how to. Go to the interviews. How to dress? Mm-hmm. How to how to how to go to the interviews? Be on time. Be punctual. And that all led to learn how to how to keep a job. And and also at the schools we used to have trade schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Frederick Douglass. By the way, Frederick Douglass, for people that don't know, it used to be in West Dallas. Now it's in Pleasant Grove, mm-hmm. but it was in West Dallas. And uh, and at so at Douglas Elementary, they taught us to have a savings account, a real mm-hmm. savings account that we had at a bank. First bank right here in downtown Dallas. And they, they taught us how to save money. And in, in junior high, we had drafting, we had metal chops, we had wood chops, and then in high school, we had auto mechanics, and of course, then we had architecture. And, uh, they taught us how to learn a trade. Now, I don't know who, who's Responsible for taking all that out out of the schools, and I'm glad they're coming back. But I think that all these kids should be taught how to save money, how to how to get a job, how to go to interviews. Also, the the schools had home economics. That was mostly for young ladies, but they taught them how to sew, how to cook, how to take care of a house.
0: I don't know and, if it was for lady, because I was in home economics.
2: <laughs> well, see, I wasn't, so I don't know nothing about. I know we had it because my sisters were in it, and and so and I know it's not just for uh, for women or young young ladies and young men. It's for everybody so they can learn, right? Uh, but we had that in schools. They taught us how to save money. They taught us how to go to interviews, how to be punctual. All these things they taught us how to do, and and now. And, 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 uh, uh, Ms. George Foreman, I appreciate her job. I appreciate her job. because did a great job up there. Uh, and, and this, all that needs to come back and, and teach these kids how to run a business, how to get a job, how to run a household, how to save money. All that has to be taught in school from the very beginning. Like I said, from elementary, start teaching them and, and have all these kids, when they get out of high school, get ready for the workforce right. and if not before and that's that's what I have to
0: say today Right. and they taught them respect and that's the main thing on getting a job you have respect. to have respect for yourself and respect. for other people respect and keep a job you have to keep a job
2: right. Right. Uh, all of us gotta work Right. So, uh-huh. so that's that's what
0: I have to do all right, all right. We thank so, you for thank your you. call and comment and it was you know you. I enjoyed it you know I, I might disagree with some things but I respect it so uh what do we have next? We have a call from Terrence Hopkins. Terrence Hopkins. Good morning. Is this T-Hop with the Black Dallas Police Association? This is me, sir. Um, so I appreciate you calling and adding to this uh, conversation. You are on the air with Miss Foreman and Ms. Carolyn King. And uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Did you hear the caller right before you? No, like I did not. Okay, well. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So What do you think about our new selection of police chief? And that's a broad one, but uh, <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess I guess I
2: can just have at it, not knowing what's been discussed. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys that kind of, you know, it's the process, even when it doesn't work out in my favor, um. I I had somebody else pick as my favorite, but uh, uh, just like Chief Hall, and she got hired. It's not her fault. Right, it's not this guy's fault. So uh, he's the guy that got hired. So I'm going to do what I I can to work with him to make it better for uh, our cause at the Black Reefs Association.
0: I like that you are gonna do whatever you can do to make it work, you know, and that's I think that's the attitude we have to have no matter what ethnicity is or if she's a man or woman, just make it work for the people. If it don't work, then we'll make some adjustments. But I mean everybody deserves a chance, you know, to make it work. So I I, I, I agree with you with that. So mm-hmm. now what can we do as a community and you do as a police, uh, union leader for us to come together and start seeing police in a different light and police can see, uh, the community in uh you know, as we just normal people and how can we normalize each other? So, you know, when I'm driving down the street and I see the police coming, I ain't got to be, you know, slowing down and I'm already doing the speed limit or all these kind of behaviors that has been uh, taken right. up in the black community.
2: Yeah, well, you know, that never should ever have, have been an issue, right? And uh, we, we should never have had to look over our shoulders if we're doing exactly what we need to right. do, but we know history tells us otherwise. So, you know, as the new chief coming in, um, I think there, there does need to be... Um, it, it, the concern of the African-American male of late, and, and I don't mean to exclude female, has been that uh, our white counterparts as officers are going to judge them prematurely and, 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 and do some things that are not uh, right. So other chief has got to really focus on that as it relates to the African-American community uh, and what that looks like. So, I would definitely be sitting down, having talked with him, speaking uh, about some of the reforms that a lot of people have echoed, a lot of groups have echoed. Um, so, I'm I'm all for that. And uh, I think he has been in enough fight to kind of understand that needs to take place. So, I think we have a good place to start at. Uh, I briefly, uh, uh, of course, I got the interview in a little bit. I've had a shared a few texts with him. Uh, he definitely wants to meet with all the president uh when he gets to town and uh, actually before i think there's going to be a zoom call before so of course that's going to be on high on my list of things to accomplish of course
0: okay i'm uh, gonna okay. uh, ask you a question mr hopkins uh in yeah. your union uh are y'all are y'all members just dallas police officers or the sheriff's department or uh jailers anything like that part of uh, this right. union? Yeah,
2: so my, my association, we've got officers from many different uh, departments, uh, and again, with what recently happened with uh, the largest police union, the FOP, endorsing President Trump, uh, you know, a lot of black officers are, uh, disenfranchised with that, and of course, there's a big headline that black officers leave the um, FOP. Well, a lot of those officers have reached out to me to join the Black Police Association in Dallas. And, uh, and one of the most recent was DSW Airport Police. Okay. Um, so I, I do have officers from several different departments.
0: So uh, uh, I understand y'all have some DISD officers also.
2: Oh, yeah. DISD, DSO. Uh, right.
0: What's your DISD uh, police officers? Do they have a discuss with you uh the behavior of our young kids at school or uh, what they can do to uh, as police officers to, uh, to kind of bridge the gap or the stereotype with, you know, black kids and police officers?
2: Oh, yeah, they do talk about it. And, it, man, I tell you, that's, that's one of the toughest situations right there um, is, again, you know, we operate in a world today where a lot of kids just don't have respect for anything. All right. Um they're not taught
0: it. I mean, and it's taught at home, not at school, though, y'all.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, even if you're just out in public at the store, I mean, they're cussing and cutting up in front of you, and they just complete disrespect. Mm-hmm. So the same thing carries over as they deal with these kids. And, of course, they're in a, between a rock and hard place because a lot of times they'll just say the teacher wants the kid removed. You know, the officer, he's stuck because if I touch him, you know, now they're going right. to say how to did something to this kid. Uh, if I physically remove him, so it's just getting more complicated. So we kind of just really need to go back to basics. I actually think we need to teach respect in school because a lot of men get it at home, unfortunately. Right. the right. uh, whole, so, uh, a lot of those characteristics. But yeah, it is a lot tougher for them to do their job and those are some of the battles that we fight.
0: All right. Well, uh, anything you need to, you want to add to the community or you want to speak to those, to these women of power that's sitting here?
2: Oh, man, you know, those, those are some women of power, of course. But, uh, <laughs> I've had the, the pleasure of working with Ms. Arnold, uh, and I need the pleasure to work with, uh, I'm sorry, remind me your name? Trusty Foreman. Trusty Foreman. Yeah, I need the pleasure to work with her. Um, so, um, you know, they, they are they are doing it. They're trailblazers. I, I know this for a fact. I mean, I'm a transplant here in Dallas, guys. I don't have the lifelong history, but I've been learning it as I go.
0: Oh, okay. Wait a
2: minute. Hold up. Where are you from? <laughs> I, I, I thought you were all from Oklahoma. I'm, I'm the one state to the north. Oh, no. I
0: didn't
2: know that, but it's good to know. I was just inquiring. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, I'm not I'm not born and raised in Dallas. I came here after college and uh, started working. Uh, my first job was with Baylor, and then I got on with the police department. Okay, so, okay. 30 years later, here I am. Okay. Well, Mr. Hawkins, we
0: appreciate you, and, uh, looking forward to future conversations. I want you to continue to call when we're here and be a part of this, uh, I don't want to say show, but be a part of this community outreach that we're trying to launch. And we want to get the community engaged and uh, I thank you for being a part of that. Well, I have a question. Well, up, uh, Ms. Arnold, I've got a question for you.
4: So, good morning. I'm glad that you were able to join us. I, I think... The comments that you've made, and, and it's to the reality. We're going to have challenges regardless who whoever sits in that seat. That's the, that's the first thing. But and it's it's going to include not only the police chief and DPD, but also the community. And that was one of the focuses. I, I, and I keep going back to Chief Hall because that's my reference point. But also, I understand this uh, chief coming in is also committed to community policing, which is about building blocks for relationships between the police department and the community and building trust and of course enhancing transparency. But you made a comment a few minutes ago in terms of the shift that we see now. You know, it used to be when we grew up, you wanted to be a police officer or or you wanted to be a fireman and those types of conversations was the front and center in the classroom. But now I think what has happened, just a couple of things as we've evolved through the social injustice that we're witnessing, the, the taste in the mouth and, the, and what we're seeing just years ago, when we were, if you remember, well, a couple, many years ago, when we saw the dogs being, uh, atta- dogs attacking the protesters and nobody really cared but us. And now you have uh, innocent and particularly African American men, but also women who are being murdered by police officers. And so it begins to change the conversation in the home. Uh, and as, as, as the parents now want to have a total disconnect. So we've got to do, there's got to be a change. We know right. that. But also the thing I want you to speak on, if you could, we talk about relationships but between community and the police, but I believe there is also a need for relationship building in the police department because we have what two or three different police unions and you scratch your head sometimes and ask why do we have these different unions so can you speak to that so the public better understands that there's need for growth within that department
2: oh most definitely so so yeah we have three major police, uh associations with the dallas police department and and I only think that's really because of the level of racism that still existed in Texas. Um, when when things were evolving, of course, we know that it started off as an all-white profession uh, up until many many years ago, and um, uh, blacks and Latinos couldn't get on the department. So when that finally started to happen, uh, what blacks did collect on the department. Of course, they started experiencing the racism that was there and the exclusion and the ability not to promote, not to go to certain schools and classes. So who's going to fight that fight for you? So, of course, they organized when they were told not to organize. You know, they, uh, as the as guys that came before me tell us how they used to hide and have meetings at different places. And that's a shame, but that's what they had to do to get their voice heard, they had to organize, uh, just to be treated fairly on the department. So everybody should really understand why there is a black organization. Uh, And then, of course, as time continues to progress, Latinos get on. Um, And I'm sure they have some of the same issues. I don't know them all, but again, the racism was was what it was at that time. you have a, a situation where uh, two white dallas police officers uh, uh he grabbed a young kid named santos rodriguez and his brother put him in the back seat of his squad car for supposed to burglarize and porn operate operated machines and played russian roulette with him and blew his head off uh so that that that's stuff that just don't go away so of course you know these different groups that have been treated
0: with such disparity of course they're going to excuse me excuse me uh mr hopkins for a second can you hold on after the break we want to i want you to finish this and because it's very important but we have to take a short break can you hang in there with us sure okay get you a sip of coffee we'll be right back 972-647-1893
2: is, well, it's time to make that change People of the world today are fading
4: All of us have our ups and downs You better think about it or you won't be around
3: What we need this is we need. a little bit of love Sent by one from heaven up above Take a routine, it's simple and plain This
2: ain't no game, you know what I'm saying
0: All right, we're back on Church Information with Uncle Form I'm Ike Steen, your host Sitting in for Reverend Barnett, and I have, uh, with me this morning, a uh, school board trustee, Miss George Foreman, and I also have, uh, city councilwoman, Miss Carolyn Arnold King, and we are in a conversation right now with, uh, Mr. Terrence Hopkins. He's the president of the Black Police Association. And, uh, Mr. Hopkins, before we get back into this, I want to ask you a question because I appreciate all y'all doing. We have a incident in, uh, uh, Nashville right now where the police had to really put their life on the line. So, uh, I know that's, it's a very touchy situation. There's li- very little information about it, but uh, I just want to say that to let the police know that we do appreciate them. So, con- mm-hmm. con- continue on what you were saying, uh, what, uh, saying a few minutes ago.
2: Well, so, so, right. so I was just recounting what, what basically blacks had to do uh, once they finally were able to get on the police department, uh the same with Hispanics. And actually, I just uh, talked about one horrible situation there, which in, in, involved the murder of a, a young Latino male. Right. Um, and a lot of people, you know, uh, that have been here around here that long know that. They know that the Dallas Police Association fought for those officers. You know, when you do stuff like that, there is no fight, unfortunately.
0: That, that is just... When you uphold wrongdoing, it's a, it's a. Correct. Right. It's a, yeah, that's where and it's a dis, power is. right. It's a disconnect with the community, you know, because, uh, I've seen so much of that, you know, when, uh, uh, police officers are absolutely wrong and these unions, uh, uh, these associations, they just, I mean, they come in and they defend them to the, I mean, it's all right to help them get legal defense, but to come in and deny the wrongdoing is, a. Uh, and it's an uh, injustice to the community.
2: Right. You know, sometimes it's just so apparent, so obvious that, uh, yeah, what what are we doing? Why would we defend somebody uh, at, at this level? Uh, and again, you know, that's part of our job, unfortunately, um, but it's not all of our job. There is a time when you probably need to wash your hands of a, a certain situation and a certain officer. Again, brainer. Uh, to me that's kind of a no-brainer um so uh so of course these associations were needed for the different ethnicities uh, as we progressed and again it's it, it, it's almost like there's no difference today as opposed to 50 years ago um to a certain degree right um, again y'all know y'all grown like it's not as in your face sometimes but it still exists um, and so we fight for a lot of those injustices behind the scene. And I can tell you right now, the majority of my fights are not defending an officer that did something bad or wrong. It, it's making sure that if he did do something bad that's punishable, that the discipline is equal to its white counterpart. Right. Uh So where the, the black officer uh, doesn't get a 30-day suspension, where whites have been proven in the past to get a day suspension. Or a written reprimand or something like that. So those are a lot of things that I fight for. I've had officers that I've recommended, hey, you need to go ahead and resign because this is, this is going to result in you getting terminated and or something else. So, uh, uh, so I'm very clear about mine and and what I do with with people that go through that. But uh, generally it's not an African American officer being, you know, charged with something that, that crazy. All
0: right. Well, I want to thank you because I think you and your organization, uh, y'all did a lot to help, uh, with Christmas, with children getting Christmas, making Christmas for a bunch of children that was in bad situations because of this economic, uh, impact that COVID has on us. And I want y'all to stay safe. And, uh, Ms. Arnold, you want to say anything else before? I let Mr. Hopkins go. <laughs> well,
4: thank him for his service, and, and thank you for at least raise, uh, presenting those issues. So it begins to enable the listeners, especially today, to begin to understand the, the journey that we, we are traveling uh, to get Try to get it right here in in Dallas as it relates to public safety and and just the relationship uh, between police departments and our community. And thank you for all that you do, and thank you for putting your life on the line on a day-to-day basis.
0: And I will be calling on you to partner with Carter High School and their police program up there, because they need some black men and women in law enforcement Mm -hmm. to come up to their school and encourage these kids. And to get with this program that Miss Farmer and them have up there.
1: And, so, it'll give you a oh, chance, and that'll give you a chance to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you better
2: believe it, Ms. Farmer. I'm looking forward to it. And I would say one more thing before I leave. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if i told tell you this, and Ms. Honor, I may have told you this, but y'all know we couldn't hire from Paul Quinn College. In, in, in 2020, we couldn't hire black kids from Paul Quinn College, our own university in our own backyard. Um, and it, it was such a, a tragic situation. I had a young man reach out to me. Uh, he wanted to become a police officer, and, uh, you know, somebody gave him my number. He called me and said, well, you know, my problem is uh, your department is saying they don't recognize our college. And I said, excuse me? And to uh, make a long story short, I got all this information, and, I, of course, I spoke to the president, Dr. Sorrell, and, and some folks, and I called our side city management side and well first I called Chief Hall I said, T Hall, you know we can't hire. In a time like this when we're trying to get more african American officers, we can't hire from a black college in our own backyard. So she's like, T How, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And of course she's new, she don't know absolutely every facet the DPD in Dallas. so I called uh I called city manager, T C Broadneck, and said, Sir, are you aware that we cannot hire from our black college? Was, come on, Hoppy, you kidding me? So I sent him all the information, packaged it up with Dr. Sorrell, you know, because they, they kind of, um, uh, they, they real, the school back in the day lost its accreditation and he got another accreditation, which I think the original one was a recent one. and he gets a national one, which is more widely accepted. Well, somehow it wasn't on the list of accepted colleges that Dallas would respect. So uh, PC put me in touch with the human resources director or something like that. And he said, PC basically said, hey, look into this and see what the deal is. And so I said, yes, sir. Um, for some reason, somebody removed the accreditation or something on this deal, where well, we can't accept this college. And he said, that's crazy. If these kids are just required to go to college, who are we to say, okay, if you go to Brown College, we're not going to accept this. So, I mean, almost in a, a day, TC said, no, that ain't gonna happen. He says as of as of today, effective immediately, this department can hire from Paul Quinn College. And see, that's that's why we need, unfortunately, African Americans in place to right some of these tragic wrongs that have taken place. And I mean, that was a huge win for not only the BPA but for blacks in Dallas anywhere. So that's some of the stuff
0: we fight. And that is a huge thing because it's so good. You were there. To catch that, because now, this is my first time hearing about it, and we're on public radio, and I probably can believe this, and a lot of people just never heard that, and we thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people don't know what you do, or what the police do, or what people do, because people are always saying, well, they ain't doing nothing. Yeah. You don't know what they doing, because you're not involved, so we thank you, and you have mm-hmm. a very merry married- when Christmas is over, so have a happy new year, and we're looking forward. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa.
4: Yeah. yeah, Kwanzaa starts today. Umoja, Unity. Oh, hey, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, uh, T, and we appreciate <laughs> you, and God bless you, and looking forward to working with you.
2: Man, hey, same to you guys. Happy holidays, and feel free to contact me anytime.
0: Y'all have a good one. All Thanks. right. All right. right uh, who do we have next? We have a call from Muhammad. Good morning, Mohammed. Good morning, Muhammad.
3: Good morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Sorry Good morning. it took us so long, but uh, we with you. No,
3: sir. No, sir. Uh, excellent show. Thank you for accepting my call.
0: Thank you for calling. Uh, uh,
3: yes, and I'd like to hear about uh, a greeting to uh, the Honorable Queen of Queens, Queen of Souls, uh, uh, Councilwoman Arnold King, and George Foreman. Thank you. Thank you. It's a blessing to have you two uh, women in our city and doing a tremendous job in service to the public and to people, not only just African Americans but all people, and, and and working on a broad base uh, to try to help make a change. But my little comment is that I'm 75 years old and I I grew up here in Dallas. I was born downtown, Dallas, back in the day. But uh, anyway. Uh, uh you know we we fought the police department when i was coming up young uh, you know as a young man uh, you know growing up in the church uh, i was a christian and and we had to fight police because police fought up you know uh, the, the police had a that's what the term police was to police the community and, and keep us down as long as we were killing the and stealing and robbing from each other it was okay. We couldn't somebody. We could leave out these hoods. and the hoods were not as broad as they are now. East Dallas, South Dallas, Oak Cliff, West Dallas. You know, it's them small little hoods. Now it's a, a larger hood. You know, the whole city is a hood. Amen. It's the way I see it. But we need police. We need we need good police. Uh, we need a, a, a fair knowledgeable police officers. There are many good. All these officers. I was that. Uh, uh, I had assurance to try to jeopardize these December officers. You know, that was back way back in the day when it was real ugly. But um, I want to just say this to, to Carolyn and, 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 and our trustee, George um, uh, Foreman. I, I would like to meet with him and, 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 and do something to help bring about a more positive change for them. You know, we have what we call the five centers, uh, mentality. in get and our people. You know, we don't care who teach our children. We don't care who police our community. But we don't care who is this or that. But we have to change. that's what I say. Because our, our struggle is continuing. Our, our struggle will never end. And then we have the longest ongoing struggle than any people on the planet we new people. We're new people uh, in a so-called new experimental way. So we have some good information that we would like to share with our elected officials, uh, our new police chief, uh, that we want to, you know, give this knowledge and, and try to help, you know, bring about a better change for the people. So that's my little comment. Thank you for this.
0: Okay. You didn't leave a contact for these uh, ladies can get in touch with you.
3: Uh,
1: now,
0: now uh, uh, Carol has my number. Okay,
1: well, we... Well, if Carolyn got your number, I got your number. All right, then. Well, thank you, Mohammed,
0: and uh, <laughs> thank, thank you. you for those words of comment, and like you said, we are in a struggle that never ends, and once we realize that maybe we can boot up and get to moving. So
1: can I, I, I say something real quick uh to Take Mr. to Mr. Mohammed? Uh, you know, I, I often tell people that our history in Dallas did not start in South Dallas. And when you said you were born downtown, you should have seen the hair standing up on my head. Uh, because um uh, you know our history did not start there. And and we have to know our history to be able to move forward. And uh, what Miss Arnold was talking about before is people who don't know the history of Dallas coming in and trying to take over uh, the city of Dallas because they're involved with some group of people who think they know us better than we know ourselves. But yeah. it is important to understand our history did not start in South Dallas. Correct.
4: Long right. before
1: that. So. I, I just appreciate that so much because you just validate what I've been saying so often and thank you we're we
3: together we
1: we're, we're all together we are
0: together all right thank you for your call and have a happy new year uh who do we have next Jason we have a call from Michael good morning Michael all right uh yeah,
2: well, uh, I just wanted to get to a couple of things. I don't care. I, ain't, I don't care about a bunch of formalities, you know, uh, but, uh, as far as, you know, the police chief, you know, someone called in and he, how do you know you got the right one and what do they look like, you know? But, uh, what I want to talk about this, uh, the, uh, union guy that just got off the phone. Uh, I see, you know, he's accepting, you know, his union is willing to accept the new, police chief, and give him a chance. And I doubt very seriously, when Chief Hall came in, those other two unions had that same sentiment for her. And that's it.
0: That's it? Yeah. Okay, well, I I, I respect uh, uh, Mr. Hopkins for what he said because, you know, if you don't work with them, it's not going to change anything. they still Got the job, so you know, it's, it's for the better of the people, it's not for you know, we get, sometimes we get caught up in uh personalities and uh, you know, skin color and gender. And I mean, some of your best teachers was women, they weren't men, so yeah, I, I agree with it. You know,
3: I'm glad you're doing that, I'm all for it. You right. know, a lot of times. Them- we stretch out our hand to other people,
2: right. you know, and it don't necessarily mean... Right, we don't get the same thing, so...
0: And and, and, uh, and I understand, you know, sometimes you do get tired of being the better man, but you are the better man. Uh, you are One the better person.
2: One last thing to adjust that school for the training, you know, I mean, I always said, you know, uh, how is we going to get our kids, black kids, not the people of color, not the Martians and aliens, our black kids interested in being electricians, carpenters, roofers, plumbers, painters. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get them interested in that instead of playing a video game all day or the head stuck down in their cell phones?
0: All right. Well, when we go back to being parents, we go back to being leaders in our own community. And, uh, I mean, when we get interested in it, they can get interested in it. You know, my when I was growing up, and I we had our uh, heroes on TV like Superman and all that, but our heroes was our uncles and our daddies and our grand granddaddies and stuff. Those were our heroes. Our heroes when somebody who had a picture on a cereal box or somebody who uh <coughs> you know was on television. Our our heroes lived with us, so that's what we wanted to be be like. But we put you- on our People, little boys and girls used to play mommy and daddy. Now they we got to. to... Put
2: for parents. You know, it ought to be a school where people that are that are parents can go.
0: Because evidently, it ain't working. They do have a school for parents. They've been there for for It's called the church.
3: And no, see, no, we start good. going back that, to church. That, you that's, you can,
0: that. that's why you got mothers in the church. And and the Bible teaches that the men are to teach the men to be men, and the women ought to teach the women. I mean We've been praying 400 years where we're at. Nah, I mean, it worked for a while until this other generation got here. Until this <laughs> little, uh, the generation that forgot about God. I mean, we, I don't want to get off into preaching to you, but I'm just saying, it's just where we are. Okay, well, thank you for taking my call. And the ladies, of course, y'all doing a good
2: job. I hate whenever been, y'all have to get out of that position, but... uh. We'll
0: cross that burning bridge when we get to it. Well, thank thank you, you so much. much. Well, I don't, I, I don't hate that they got to the leave. Just keep voting them back in. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let me say this before he leaves also. I'll,
4: I'll just on for, quickly before we get to the break. One thing for sure we oh, yeah. know is a reality. We've got to have a public safety infrastructure. Right. No if and buts about it. So we're going we're gonna to go, I think, right now to a break. But I did want to touch on that. And as we move forward, I, I guess I tap into what the deacon just said. You know what? Everybody here in society ain't saved. And right. that's part of what contributes right. to and the life Right, we're going to let you finish this sooner when we come talk off, about off that the break. We'll come back off that break.
0: You, you can say? join us, 972-647-1893. <laughs> we'll be right back. We
3: all know the time has finally come. and you change?
0: All right, we're back on church information in open form. I'm extremely sitting in for uh, Reverend Barnett this morning. I got two wonderful hosts, I mean, uh, guests, uh, Miss Arnold and Miss Foreman, out here with me. And you can call in and join this conversation at nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. And Miss Arnold was wrapping up, a, a briefing us on the church.
4: well you you talked about uh the church and and most and and we know that our guidance comes from from the
0: book right
4: but we have to also understand man is not perfect and everybody in society is not safe right so with that being said we must have uh the infrastructure that can reassure us that they're here to make sure that we're able to function and, and, and actually live in a community without being threatened or killed or intimidated. And so I do, I want to go on record to say I do support the Dallas Police Department because there's no other infrastructure in place to provide that umbrella of security. However, we should not and I will not tolerate behaviors of those officers who disrespect the life of any human being. But we must come together as a community. You know, there there were signs of of just, uh, I guess, entanglement, if you will, even in the Bible, where people did not agree. And so you saw death there even in the Bible. But we must decide on where we want to go as a community. And it cannot be solely upon the new chief. It cannot be solely in the hands of the police. We must have community engagement and we we must stop this whole notion of, if you see something, you hide something. The police cannot create the environment that we want if we refuse to give any information to the police. When we witness a murder or we witness a crime, we go silent. And much of the time we see that in the communities who need public safety the most, we refuse to give the information when needed to the Dallas Police Department and our detectives and the, and the whole intelligence gathering community when they're trying to do their job
0: right and I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, uh so many issues with the police and that's why we support them but it's still a bunch of issues because once the protest started wants to cry out about injustice within the department then the police uh you know some of these unions they're saying they're gonna pump the brakes. they're gonna get to your community later uh, when you Call nine one one. They gonna take a break before they come. So all that plays into this, and so we just have to really be, you know, be vigilant, be have your eyes open, wake up. As Miss Arnold said, wake up and just see what's going on. Right. So, well, who do we well, have next, Jason? We have a call from Red Ghost. Good morning, Red Ghost. Uh, good morning. How
2: you doing? Doing great. Doing great. In the White House, oh two. Um, I'm just. Going to give my apologies for the, the um, for what was going on for this year and stuff like that. But my point of view of the work that we're doing in the 10th Street Historical the district, where we do have all of our council members that top dollar and top honor of being a mayor and being being the also being the uh, manager and stuff. And we was trying to preserve our neighborhood. We don't we didn't get any kind of fight back to take our neighborhood even with Caraway. gave Caraway a trophy. I gave Caraway a trophy on the uh uh the fourth on the fourth of December nineteen I mean two thousand and fourteen to preserve our neighborhood and we supposed to pass it on to the next uh person coming in. And we supposed to have a parade, we supposed to give it to the kids the things that y'all are talking about now. And I performed different volunteering, performed different works for the school, district and park and recreation and also uh uh the things that are going on at the radio station also. So I just like to apologize that we lost the fight to save Penn Street. And in and, and moving forward for next year, people that wanna be a part of Penn Street come on in and fight with us to save it. This is all, you know, I voted for you the first time that you ran, uh because Carway pushed you into our arms, and you've been at uh, Town View uh, 1995, so you knew what was going on in our neighborhood. And I thought, really, we was going to have a, a bigger bite out of you to save our community. And you're doing the best you can do. I know it's other members on the board and stuff like that that's going to hold you back to, to, to save this neighborhood. But we need the people of doubt that, that, that is historically around the world to save this last piece of black history. You know, and and that's all I want to kind of like say, and I will be you know, moving on, but I really appreciate what y'all are doing. And Reverend Barnett, kudos to you for having a great show. And Mr. Uh, Ike, you do a beautiful job in coming in and, and, and delivering the message. Oh, that, uh, uh, keeping everybody under control. All right. Thank and you. that's what I have to say to you guys. And y'all keep the fight going. And, we're going to
0: keep fighting you, too, <laughs> so, so we can it right. I like hanging out with us. We, we trying, and uh, I'm going to say this. I don't know that much about all what's going on over there at 10th Street, but Mr. Arnold fought against this deck park and warned that once that deck park and all that stuff is coming in, gentrification was going to spread like a wildfire. And that's what's happening to a lot of our historical districts. People coming in with money and buying up. And people say, oh, they're developing. It's going to be better. But they're pushing you out. It's better, but it's not better for you. And once we understand that, then we'll know who to fight, how to fight, and where to fight. So who, who do we have next, Jason?
2: We have a call from Leon.
0: Good morning, Leon.
2: Good morning, uh, Ike and uh, ladies.
0: Good morning.
2: Yes, I wanted to ask a question uh, to Miss Foreman uh, concerning conflict resolution in the schools. Uh, I do a lot of volunteer work in high school and we were having a discussion uh, along with uh, the school, uh, I don't know what you call a law enforcement officer or the uniform security at the school that works with the ISD.
0: The ISD police. We about,
2: yes, well, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so we were having a discussion and we came up with the, uh, that, the point of view that conflict resolution needs to be taught to the students as a part of the curriculum on an ongoing basis because we see students when they come into school they seemingly, as you mentioned before, they don't get the Counseling at home, they don't get the home structure. So when they come to school, they're angry about something that has nothing to do with school, uh, and it creates an environment for uh, you know fights and arguments over insignificant things. And we want. And I was wondering about what would be the possibility of having some type of conflict resolution. Uh, curriculum in the ISD schools, uh, it kind of reminds me of the incident in the Soto schools. that was on the news when the two young men got into a fight at school and about three months or four months after they graduated one killed the other one and so I'm concerned about that because school is one of the few places that a lot of those students get structured uh, they don't get it at home. They don't get it in the neighborhood because of the nature of uh, the part of the town that they come out of. And Miss Foreman, can you can you comment on how you feel about that? Or if you can tell me something, what you think of your, your thoughts? So
1: I'll, I'll do my best. If, if you had conversations with uh, the Dallas ISD police uh, and the security guards within the schools, you know that there are limitations as to what uh, they can do regarding um, children and, sure. and the offenses that the children uh, make. There, There's no question that a lot of our young children come to school uh, with different problems from the home uh, and need some type of anger management or some type of programs. Um, as you know, I, I think you say you work at South Oak Cliff. Um, oh, yes. uh, do a lot of volunteering at South Oak Cliff. There's all kinds of conflict conflict resolution types of programs that we have within the schools. The, the district has to um, uh, balance its curriculum around what TEA tells them is a curriculum. Uh, and so to make it a class, I'm not sure you can do that. Uh, but what I would suggest to you is to go to the principal at um, South Oak Cliff, And ask him what kinds of programs that are currently in place at South Oak Cliff to address some of those anger problems. And then once you find out from the principal what's in place, then ask the principal what other possibilities are there in terms of programs that might be able to address some of those. Uh, I'm a firm believer that part of the sports Uh, helps with that. Part of arts helps with that. Uh, Help our kids to become more uh, engaged with each other. And so I would just suggest that you make those, uh, have those conversations with the principal about what programs are currently there, what programs are not there, and then what could you all do to get more programs within the schools? Because I don't think it would be something that would be curriculum.
0: All right. well, Thank you for your call, Leon, and uh Miss Foreman gonna, gonna give you the best advice she can give you. So uh who do we have next, Jason? We have a call from Randy. Mm-hmm. Hey. hey. Run Barnett, I'm drinking your Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: that is
4: tacky. <laughs> <laughs> Smells good.
0: <laughs> good morning, Randy.
3: Good morning,
2: how y'all doing? Good doing morning. great. Have you w- uh, You guys were all around when Laura Miller was the mayor, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Remember over on Greenville Avenue when that area was going through a big change when she was uh, the mayor? And a group called Guardian Angels came to town. Mm -hmm. Remember that?
4: I remember vaguely, yes.
2: Okay. And you remember the Guardian Angels, which is a, I'll explain a little bit about it if people don't know. There's a group of people who started in New York, where they had neighborhoods where the police would not take care of the people. And this group of men and women, young men and young women, started a group, and they patrolled, and they publicly policed the neighborhoods and changed them. They came to Dallas and they did the same thing over there on Greenville Avenue without the help of the police. With the discouragement and constant bickering of Laura Miller Angry because they came to town because it made the police department and the mayor and everyone else down there look bad. So my question is, by that example that was uh, shown to us in the past with that group, should someone from should the leadership in South Dallas, because we can't get no response from the police when we need it, should we be asking those people, the guardian angels, to come and help us once again?
0: Now, hang up Miss. this. Well, I'm going to let Miss Arnold answer that, but before she do, I'm going to say <laughs> this. When Miss Arnold brought in, I mean, uh, uh, Chief Howell brought in uh, uh, state troopers, I mean, they raised all kind of thing. You know, saying that they was over policing, but they was collecting guns, drugs, and... Uh, but, and unfortunately, a young man lost his life, which we had that on a regular police department. So uh, we ask for stuff, then when we get it, we really don't want it. Right.
2: Right.
4: So go ahead, Ms. Arm. Right. Well, I can agree with that, but just a couple of things quickly, and thank you so much, Randy, for calling. One thing we do also need to recognize is that with this public safety uh, notion of, 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 being able to accomplish all of these things. And, you know, we talked about the police having on too many hats. I think Chief Brown talked about that. You want the police to be the sheriff. You want them to marry folks. You want them to pick up the dogs. You want them to be a counselor for the mental, the ill. And hey, there's tons, tons of things we're putting on the police. And we really need to come together as a community, and that means your churches, your businesses, your families, because these are major players, and life and human beings are very they're interesting people. They're interesting, uh, I guess, species. So when we talk now about what we want, and Mr. Ike talked about that, when, when we bring in extra uh, intelligence gathering agencies such as the FBI and and the state troopers, folks begin to holler, well, they're over-policing. Right. But now we so now, drag racing. Right, and we have to be careful when we bring in uh, these extra, these groups come in because you oftentimes may find that they, too, may violate violate some of the rights of individuals. So what we're looking at now, the popular term is violence interrupters. And so we're looking at groups coming in to work with the police department in the city of Dallas. Uh, we also put money funding in place through the mayor's task force for these violence interrupters, but they must Respond to an RFP that's a request for proposal so that we will understand the dynamics and the parameters of which they're working, which we're, we, they will need to be identified through, you know, the city. So we're looking at that particular element mainly because we have a strong gang presence here in the city of Dallas. And I'm sure major cities across the nation do. And that, that's no secret, but we are attempting to take that step. You have to meet people where they are. And it's oftentimes difficult. I wouldn't be able to go into any uh, community where heavily ganged uh, to talk about conflict resolution because I haven't been there. haven't had those shoes on. But we are attempting that. But we must accept the fact that we want crime to be dealt with when we talk about bringing in troops and bringing in intelligence gathering agencies. There are other partners who can, who can step up to the plate, and I'll be quick. Just for example, when the, federal, uh, when the Texas Department of Public Safety came in, it, uh, you had critics quick, quick to say, well, they're going to stop folks and give them tickets for not having a driver's license. Well, you know that you're, you're wrong if you're driving without your driver's license expired right off the, right off the bat. But perhaps some of our churches can begin to work with their members and reach out and create programs for some of their members to pay that, little, that, that driver's license renewal so they can get to and from work. So don't, that's one example of how our community can work together to erase that stigma. But I can tell you, when you have 14 and 15-year-olds who are packing AKAs and they are out gunning the police we cannot sit back with cap guns mm. and expect to be able to address that issue. Right,
0: right. So, and I appreciate that. And like you said, we got... And you keep on messing with these preachers talking about getting some of that money. We're going to have an issue. <laughs> they, they ain't got no money to pay no tickets right now. They got... They got they got these large buildings. They got all kind of stuff going on and feeding people. You think they gonna pay some tickets? But anyway, Well, but
4: you have the pastors who are coming together, calling press conferences to address the issues. Yeah, so but we,
0: they don't. They don't stand with you when you get out there in the front <laughs> and the highway patrolmen come in and and they want them in here. Then when you're standing up there and you look back, they ain't no way in sight. Well, so we've got to change. We up against that. a break and uh, going to our last segment. You can call. Nine
3: seven two six four seven one eight
0: nine three. All right, we're back she on said. church information and in open form on my exchange standing in for a uh, Reverend Barnett, he's taking a break with the family, a Christmas break, and you can join him New Year's Eve at 11.30 on his Facebook page. He's going to be having a watch party. You can also join him tomorrow at 9.30 on Mary Barnett Senior Facebook page, Heavenly Joy Church. and I'm going to take this call. I'm going to let these ladies uh, start wrapping it up. We got probably eight minutes left for this segment, and we have to close early uh, because we gotta let the others come in and clean up for COVID. And We're thanking everybody who participated for calling in and for listening. And we're hoping you'll have a wonderful holiday today because Jesus is the reason for the season. And we appreciate everybody who donated their pledges, their time, their efforts, Gave input because 2020 has been a tough year, and this is the last show for this show. Uh, uh, this last show this year of 2020 and 2020 been rough. So, but we thank you because you stuck with us and you supported us. So, who do we have, Jason? We have a call from Ella. Good morning, Ella.
2: Good morning.
0: How are you this morning?
2: I'm done fine. Okay. I have a question you wanted to ask. Go ahead. Yes. I would like to know why we do not have... Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. My question is, I would like to know why you probably do not have more black policemen policing in the black community. Yes, there are a lot of um uh, let me just say, if there are a lot of killings by white policemen that feel like they are threatened, then why don't they police in their female Because I never hear about a black policeman being threatened by someone to say I'm sister. And then they use that as a caveat to say, Well, maybe he has a gun or he has a weapon. So if they if they're afraid of black people, why don't they maybe police their their own, that they may feel a little bit more comfortable with, and then they won't have that excuse to say what I felt
0: threatened.
2: Well,
4: I think that, that's that's a big one for me, but I will just quickly comment. When it comes to public safety, if any, anyone is intimidated by someone's race, they're in the wrong profession, first of all. Our, our commitment is to provide public safety regardless of race, creed, color, or sexual orientation. And so that's why part of the, the social justice movement is bringing about training and so now in sensitivity training. So I think moving forward, we're going to have that conversation with those who are not comfortable. Perhaps they need to find them another job. Mm-hmm. But I can I, tell you, when someone is a, a calls 911, we can't dictate the background right. of that person as they come to that community.
2: Yeah. P- folks well, who are threatened want
4: suffer. They you want mean, that addressed quickly. Have, you are
2: not have enough black police in here. I mean, if there's type of you know, really divided in a crazy way, uh protocol to draw you a no a methodology. Not
4: to my you know, not my to my knowledge, and I think part of that may, you may run into some legal problems anyway, because you you'll be back to the whole notion of separation no. and segregation and mm-hmm. you putting you putting you back on the list and we'll start out yeah, over So yeah. when you but so when you're dealing
2: with so many of us being kids, that maybe what Maybe needed in the long run, you know, because I understand that it maybe going like the state of and like, okay, well the black, you know, they go in and police the black and the white police the white. Mm-hmm. But when I have someone, if I'm gonna call nine one one and he doesn't know how to relate to me because of my color, I would prefer to deal with someone that's my of my own race right. and and see ahead my life, right. you know, well, because it's just so no. many times seem like they come out. And just like the uh, incident with the guy that was helping someone else. Well because he was kinda of big and muscular, then the white policeman was felt threatened by that. He feeling threatened by our size, right. right. feeling threatened by our colour, feeling threatened by the way we talk. You know, like what well, he talked like he was angry and things. But uh we see terrorists that went out and blew up everything and they go they go and buy him something to eat. A diet, a hamburger, or something. Right. So,
0: but you don't feel threatened by that. Mm-hmm. They don't blow up a whole bunch of shit, shot up a whole bunch of people, and still not threatened. Right. So, but it's why is it that we're so threatened? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one you thing is they use that as an excuse. I don't know if they let they really they're afraid of us. I don't know if they they're afraid or they just feel like they not got not a license to kill. To kill. Mm-hmm. That's just a
2: loophole in the system that. Anytime they feel like their life is threatened, they can stay their right. and you know, get
0: off. Right. So, All right. right. Well, well, thank you for yeah, your call. That's
1: just my comment. I know, I know it may be going back to certain, but I almost prefer segregation
2: on, on, on policing. If that's the cause if that's gonna have to be the last. Right. Right. We don't want the sensitivity training, this type of training. The training is to train others if you would like for them to teach you. Right. Because You don't want me to come out and teach you like no dog and mm. teach you down. Right. So then you don't need no training for that. That's just human nature.
0: Right. So, all yeah. right. Well, you know, and that.
2: I agree. If you're not scared of the job, don't take the job.
0: Right.
2: So. I've, I've, I've been in this for 20, 20 years and dealt with it, and mm. I was there. So, tell I me mean, if, you, if you feel like you don't know how to do the job or you you're gonna feel threatened because you're a gun policeman and then you need a black man that's a little bit more muscular than you or, or, or don't turn around and start to say, Oh yeah, the boss every You know, All maybe
1: it's right. not the
0: job for you. All mm-hmm. right. All right. All right, thank, thank you for you. your call and coming thank and thank you. you for your support. Uh, I'm gonna let these ladies wrap it up because we uh, we running out of time and uh I mean, racism is here and like some uh, earlier caller said we're going to have to fight this fight forever. I was looking at a, well, a black pastor down in Houston. Uh, he had to get out of the Southern Bible uh, Institution or whatever that is that, that uh, organization. He got out of it because of racism. So we have to really just start taking the stand. But ladies, mm-hmm. we got a couple of minutes. Uh, y'all share that and mm-hmm. we move on.
1: Well, let's just uh first of all, uh it's been a pleasure being here t- today to try to uh, address some of the issues. Uh s- several issues I did not get a chance to get to that I want you to pay close attention to. Uh one of them is the fact that DISD has begun to sell uh several hundred million dollars of the 2020 bond program without without any projects uh being proposed at this time, so you need to keep your eye on that. Uh, secondly, I was able to defeat the fact that the um, general counsel for DISD had made a decision that I could not speak at the board meetings. Uh, we were able to defeat that and to move forward with me speaking whenever I feel like there is an opportunity that I need to to speak. And lastly, uh, we need to be cognizant of the fact that um, we are our students are struggling. Uh, by being on the internet, and the technology is hampering many of our kids. And so, if there's an opportunity for you to help your young people, whether you're a parent, aunt, uncle, grandparent, cousin, or anything, uh, please reach out to these young people and know that there are resources at DIs that can also assist our children.
0: Mm-hmm. Hi, Miss you. Just I hate to rush it, but was, you, but you better got to hear me Hey,
4: up. real fast, just thanking <laughs> everyone and, and KNON for, for continuing to be a community service. Uh, none none is better here in the city of Dallas. But just thanking all the callers and also got a shout out from Pan-African uh, Bookstore to reach out uh, by way of contacting them at 214-943-8262 to celebrate the principles of Kwanzaa virtually. And once again, there can be no struggle. There can be no progress without a struggle. And that's Frederick Douglass. And we have a struggle. And thank you once again, but we're gonna meet it. But ask folks to just hang on so they can hear our comments at eight
0: fifty. All right, y'all hang on and get the report, <laughs> the City report for Miss Arnold. Thank you for participating and thank you, Reverend Barnett, for allowing us this great opportunity to go before this great audience. God bless and have a happy new year. And we're out of here. Think
4: about it, all, you won't be around. It's what we need is a little bit of love.
2: sent by one from heaven up above. Take for it's simple and plain. This ain't no game, you know what I'm saying. what? Yup, yup.